Wondery Plus subscribers can listen to the CBS Evening News ad-free right now. Join Wondery Plus in the Wondery app or on Apple Podcasts. This spring, if you'd rather spend time enjoying your lawn instead of trying to keep it alive, there's good news. True Green is the easiest and most affordable way to get a beautiful lawn. All you have to do is water and mow, and they'll do the rest. Weed control, fertilization, aeration, and even some things you might not even think of. They'll do all of it, while you can do literally anything else. With True Green, you can have your lawn looking as good as a putting green. That's not hyperbole. True Green is the official lawn care treatment provider of the PGA Tour. True Green offers a satisfaction guarantee, and they have a verified best price promise, which guarantees you the lowest price with no compromise on quality. You do you. Let True Green do your lawn care. Visit TrueGreen.com to get the best lawn at the best price with the best people guaranteed. This episode is brought in part to you by Audible, your go-to destination for thrilling audio entertainment. Whether you're looking for a hair-raising experience to enjoy while you're on the move or eager to dive into sinister and shocking tales, Audible has an exclusive collection of thrillers from best-selling authors that will keep you on the edge of your seat. Like James Patterson's first audio-only thriller, The Coldest Case. Experience stories like never before, where every chilling detail is brought to life by captivating sound design. Plus, as an Audible member, choose one title a month to make yours forever. And now, new members can try Audible free for 30 days. Just visit audible.com slash WonderyPod or text WonderyPod to 500-500. That's audible.com slash WonderyPod or text WonderyPod to 500-500. Tonight, with just hours until Joe Biden is sworn in as the 46th president of the United States, members of the National Guard are pulled from protecting the Capitol for having possible ties to right-wing extremists. Joe Biden arrives in Washington ahead of his inauguration. And on the eve of taking the oath of office, the president-elect pays his respects to the now more than 400,000 Americans who've died from coronavirus. To heal, we must remember. Maximum security. With the nation's capital locked down, the new warning tonight from the FBI. Members of QAnon have discussed posing as National Guard members. Could domestic violent extremists use drones to disrupt the inauguration? Arrested for conspiracy. What we're learning tonight about the man accused of coordinating the Capitol assault. Plus, how militia members communicated while storming the Hill. Extraordinary rebuke. The Senate's top Republican says President Trump is responsible for the riot. The mob was fed lies. They were provoked by the president and other powerful people. Less than 24 hours as president. And who will Trump pardon as he hints at the future? The race to vaccinate will show you a car repair shop that's now a vaccination center, as New York City says it will run out of doses by Thursday. Tonight, meet the woman who will soon make Super Bowl history. And the little girl's big heart earns her a spot at the inaugural celebration. This is the CBS Evening News with Nora O'Donnell, reporting from the nation's capital. 
Good evening and thank you for joining us. The next president of the United States arrives in the nation's capital tonight, facing a city on lockdown and a country in crisis. With just hours to go until Joe Biden's inauguration, Washington is walled off by 25,000 members of the National Guard. A reminder of the unprecedented security threat right here. While across the country, the death toll from the coronavirus has now passed 400,000. And tonight, look at this. For the first time, the National Mall is being illuminated in memory of all those lives lost. And as we come on the air, there are several stunning new developments in that expanding investigation into the January 6th attack on the Capitol. Twelve members of the National Guard assigned to secure tomorrow's swearing-in have been pulled from their posts, including two accused of having links to extremist groups. And the FBI is now warning that members of the fringe group QAnon may even try to pose as guardsmen tomorrow, trying to launch an insider attack. And tonight, prosecutors have charged a Virginia man with conspiracy in the assault on the Capitol, saying that he helped organize dozens of people in the days leading up to the insurrection, even communicating with them as they stormed the Capitol. So as you can see, we've got a lot of new reporting tonight ahead of tomorrow's big inauguration. Our team is standing by. CBS's Ed O'Keefe is going to lead us off tonight from here in Washington. Good evening, Ed. Good evening, Nora. Aides to the president-elect say they know he's facing multiple crises, political divisions that caused that violence at the U.S. Capitol, a struggling economy, and, of course, the pandemic. Tonight, his first stop here in Washington was at that memorial to the pain and suffering endured by so many Americans. The Lincoln Memorial aglow tonight with 408-foot-tall lights surrounding the reflecting pool. The president-elect honoring the more than 400,000 dead since the start of the pandemic, part of a nationwide tribute to the fallen. To heal, we must remember. It's hard sometimes to remember. But that's how we heal. It's important to do that as a nation. That's why we're here today. Mr. Biden is preparing for an inauguration day upended by COVID-19 and security concerns, with Washington locked down like never before. There will be no public spectators in attendance and a mostly empty National Mall, protected by 25,000 National Guard. The president-elect and his family will begin their day with a church service at the Cathedral of St. Matthew the Apostle. Then it's off to the U.S. Capitol, where Mr. Biden will deliver his inaugural address, a speech calling for unity and healing, with a direct appeal to the former president's supporters. Vice President-elect Kamala Harris will be sworn in by Supreme Court Justice Sonia Sotomayor and Mr. Biden by Chief Justice John Roberts. Lady Gaga will sing the national anthem. Jennifer Lopez and Garth Brooks are also set to perform. Later, the Bidens will head across the Potomac River to Arlington National Cemetery to lead a wreath laying at the Tomb of the Unknown Soldier with former Presidents Clinton, Bush and Obama and their wives. From there, the new president and vice president will be escorted by troops to the White House, followed by a virtual inaugural parade. COVID had already canceled the inaugural balls, so the Bidens will celebrate with a concert led by Bruce Springsteen. This afternoon, the president-elect gave an emotional goodbye speech to his home state of Delaware. Excuse the emotion, but when I die, Delaware will be written on my heart. Mr. Biden spoke at the National Guard base named for his late son, Bo, an Iraq war veteran. He had often dreamed of seeing him in the White House. I only have one regret. He's not here because we should be introducing him as president. 
Mr. Biden is well aware that his inauguration is going to be unlike any other in modern times, and so are the challenges awaiting him. That's why he's planning to take immediate executive action to help the struggling economy and, of course, fight the pandemic. Nora. Ed O'Keefe from outside the White House, thank you. The mob is long gone from the Capitol. The FBI is making arrest after arrest. But tonight there are new warnings that the threat from extremists is far from over. CBS's Jeff Pegues is covering the unprecedented security for this inauguration. Good evening, Jeff. Nora, tonight authorities are concerned about the threat from drones used by extremist groups. And here on the ground, you can see this checkpoint behind me. More members of the National Guard showing up as we speak. And there are more checkpoints just like this one all across the city as the National Guard itself comes under scrutiny because of two of its members' possible ties to extremists. The two removed guard members raises concern over possible insider threats. The Pentagon confirms that one of the possible extremist links came from a tip call. The other reported by soldiers in the unit. Out of an abundance of caution, we automatically pull those personnel off the line and make sure that they're not part of the mission set. Ten other members were removed for non-national security background flags by the FBI, which is vetting all 25,000 National Guard troops assigned to D.C. They have been deputized and are now armed, guarding entrances and manning checkpoints throughout the city. CBS News has learned an FBI warning about extremists connected to the conspiracy theorist group QAnon have talked about posing as National Guard members to get closer to the event. Since the January 6th attack on the Capitol, investigators have charged more than 100 people with federal crimes. Today, the acting attorney general said the past two weeks have yielded nearly 200,000 tips about people who were part of the mob. We have seen friends, family members, co-workers, and others reporting information to us. Every single in there is a traitor. Today, for the first time, conspiracy charges against 65-year-old Thomas Coldwell. Investigators say he is a leader of the anti-government group The Oath Keepers and was involved in the planning and coordination of the attack. Prosecutors point to this video and say Caldwell was part of this group of Oath Keepers moving through the crowd on January 6th. Part of the first wave that made it through the Capitol doors. Inside, prosecutors say he received posts saying, Tom, take that expletive over. And all members are in the tunnels under Capitol. Seal them in. Turn on gas. I think the indictments today particularly show that federal authorities are focused on the insurrection leadership and also on organizations like the Oath Keepers who are seeking to recruit current and former military and law enforcement. And investigators say they actually have recordings of the Oath Keepers communicating during that siege, talking about making citizens arrest for treason and election fraud. Also arrested Riley Williams. Remember, she was accused of stealing a laptop from the House Speaker's office. We're told that she was actually turned in by a former romantic partner. Nora. Jeff Begays, thank you so much. And President Trump is planning one last flight on Air Force One tomorrow. He's expected to reach his home in Palm Beach, Florida, even before Joe Biden takes the oath of office. Well, tonight he's also trying to bolster his legacy. CBS's Paula Reed joins us from the White House. Good evening, Paula. Good evening. 
Nora, on his last full day in office, President Trump said that he would pray for the incoming administration, but he refused to refer to President-elect Biden by name, and he also tried to distance himself from that deadly attack on the Capitol. Little seen in the final days of his administration, President Trump chose to say goodbye to the American public in a video release. We did what we came here to do, and so much more. The president wished the Bidens luck. We extend our best wishes, and we also want them to have luck. But chose not to host them at the White House, as is tradition, and will skip town tomorrow morning before Mr. Biden is even sworn in. Mr. Trump is hoping for a large military-style send-off at Joint Base Andrews Wednesday, but it will include some notable absences. Vice President Pence, top Republican leaders in Congress, and several of the president's closest political allies chose not to attend. The president leaves office with his approval rating at an all-time low, a city on lockdown, and a legacy stained by the assault on the Capitol, something he denounced today. All Americans were horrified by the assault on our Capitol. Political violence is an attack on everything we cherish. But it may be too little too late. Senate Majority Leader Mitch McConnell said publicly for the first time today that the president was at least partly responsible for the attack. The mob was fed lies. They were provoked by the president and other powerful people. With an impeachment trial to start as early as next week, other Senate Republicans are waiting to see if McConnell will support convicting Mr. Trump. In his first interview since leaving the administration, former Attorney General Bill Barr said Mr. Trump's questioning of the legitimacy of the election prompted the violence. I think that that was the thing that uh, precipitated the, the, the uh, riots on the Hill. The president is still expected to issue between 50 and 100 pardons or commutations over the next few hours. But CBS News has learned he is not expected to issue any preemptive pardons for himself or any members of his family. Nora. We'll be watching. Paula Reed, thank you. Joe Biden will enter the Oval Office without a single member of his cabinet confirmed by the Senate. And that is highly unusual. Today's hearings began for five of his choices. CBS's Nancy Cordes reports tonight from Capitol Hill. Do you uh, solemnly swear to give It's another sign of the changing of the guard. Confirmation hearings today for one-third of the Biden cabinet, who signaled a major break from the past four years. Climate change is um, a critical problem facing the country. When it comes to intelligence, there is simply no place for politics ever. Alejandro Mayorkas, nominated to lead Homeland Security, said he'll immediately halt construction of President Trump's border wall. Would you tear down parts of the wall? Would you stop the construction that's going on? I have not uh, looked at the question of what we do with respect to the wall that already has been built, and I look forward to studying that question, understanding the costs and benefits uh, of doing so. Secretary of State nominee Tony Blinken is a longtime Biden foreign policy advisor. What would you tell the people in a caravan coming toward America? I would say do not do not come. Yeah, I think that's a good message. Former Federal Reserve Chair Janet Yellen, tapped to lead Treasury, argued the best remedy for a COVID-wracked economy is more stimulus. Right now, with interest rates at historic lows, the smartest thing we can do is act big. 
Defense pick Lloyd Austin vowed to root out any extremism in the military. The job of the Department of Defense is to keep America safe from our enemies. But we can't do that if some of those enemies lie within our own ranks. Democrats say their top priority is to get the Homeland Security nominee confirmed, especially after what we saw here at the Capitol two weeks ago. But today, Missouri Republican Josh Hawley announced he would block a swift confirmation because he didn't like what Mayorkas had to say about immigration. Nora. All right, Nancy Cordes, thank you. Well, tonight, as the U.S. marks the deaths of more than 400,000 Americans from COVID, mutations of the virus are rapidly popping up across the country. So far, vaccines seem to be effective against these new variants. CBS's David Begno reports tonight from Michigan. Tonight, the race to vaccinate remains urgent as new COVID variants are being detected. The U.K. variant is now showing up in at least 20 states, which appears to be 50 percent more contagious. Are the vaccines going to work against the new mutations of the virus? At this point, we have a concern that the vaccines may be challenged, meaning that they may have reduced the capability of preventing disease. Which makes vaccinating now even more critical. And the nation's most populous city has a critical problem with their vaccine supply. At the rate we are going, we will begin to run out on Thursday. We will have literally uh, nothing left to give as of Friday. But in Michigan, where we are tonight, there is a scramble to get the vaccine to underserved rural communities. So twice a week, Dr. Richard Bates loads a cooler filled with the Pfizer vaccine and drives two and a half hours to a small town hospital. It was important for us uh, that every community felt connected uh, and felt that they weren't left out. Across Michigan, the vaccine rollout is in full swing. All done. Here in Lansing, they're giving injections inside of what used to be a Sears service center. You used to be able to get your oil changed here. Now you can get an injection. They got the cars lined up outside the doors, people waiting in the snow. Tonight, a moment of reflection for the 400,000 people lost forever to this pandemic, including Betty Gallagher, or Mrs. Betty, as she was affectionately called, by those at Alabama's Coosa Valley Medical Center. She died last week with COVID inside the same hospital where she worked as an ER nurse for 43 years. They called Miss Betty a mentor to everyone. Tonight, we're in the state of Michigan. Nearly 15,000 Michiganders have died with coronavirus. As we go on the air, the COVID testing continues. In fact, Nora, right before we came to do this live shot, we confirmed that today the state of Michigan had the fewest number of new COVID cases since last October. Good to see those vaccines going out, David. Thank you so much. Tonight, a private in the U.S. Army is accused of trying to help ISIS attack American soldiers overseas, as well as suggesting targets right here in the U.S. 20-year-old Cole Bridges is charged with communicating with an undercover FBI agent who he thought was a member of ISIS. Sarah Thomas will become the first woman ever to officiate the Super Bowl in its 55-year history. Thomas, a mother of three, was also the first woman to officiate a college football game and an NFL game. The Super Bowl airs on CBS February 7th. All right, get ready to be inspired by this little girl. She wanted to make a difference in her community, and did she ever? Here's CBS's Meg Oliver. So this is a lemonade coupon. Last spring, due to COVID, eight-year-old Morgan Marsh McGlone started a virtual lemonade stand. And here you go. To raise money for a local food charity that lets people pay what they can. 
COVID is a really bad thing, and people with food insecurity just have another thing to worry about. She offered drink coupons in exchange for donations to raise $90. How much money did you raise overall? $53,000. $53,000. How exciting was that? It was pretty exciting. The second grader even caught the attention of President-elect Joe Biden's inaugural team. When they called you and asked you to speak at the inauguration, what went through your mind? Um, first I asked mom, what was an inauguration? Because <laughs> I never heard of that before. Come on. She will deliver a virtual speech Wednesday night and will hand off to Tom Hanks. Wow, you toss it to Tom Hanks. Yeah. How cool is that? Cool. Like, I didn't even know who Tom Hanks was. I was like, <laughs> Tom Hanks. When COVID is over, donors can cash in their coupons. How many cups of lemonade are you going to owe? It's like 772. Oh, my God. Meg Oliver, CBS News, Madison, Wisconsin. You know what they say when life gives you lemons, in our case, make coupons. And don't forget to join us tomorrow morning for live coverage of Joe Biden's inauguration. And we'll have a full wrap up on the CBS Evening News. And if you can't watch us live, don't forget to set your DVR so that you can watch us later. That is tonight's edition of the CBS Evening News. I'm Nora O'Donnell in the nation's capital. We leave you with this image of the National Mall. Good night. If you like the CBS Evening News, you can listen early and ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus in the Wondery app or on Apple Podcasts. Prime members can listen ad-free on Amazon Music. Before you go, tell us about yourself by filling out a short survey at Wondery.com survey. Are you ready for an all-new season of Survivor? You better be because Survivor 46 is here and it's 90 minutes of twists and turns you don't want to miss. Better yet, after each episode, there's a brand new episode of On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast. Each week, we go behind the scenes of the episode's biggest moments, taking you into the how and the why things happened. And this season, we're very lucky to be joined by an expert, the winner of Survivor 45, Devaya Daris. What is up? I'm thrilled to be joining this team and to be giving you my take on how and the why players made the moves they did what it takes to outwit, outplay, and outlast, and to ask Jeff some questions because even after 26 days out there, there is still a lot for me to uncover. Bring it, D. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcast.